Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode here of the Canberra Football Show. Joining me today is Russ Gibbs and Michael. Russ, how's it going? Another busy weekend for you, but thankfully no issues in terms of uh, goalposts and all that sort of stuff. No, all the issues were on the pitch this week, weren't they? There was plenty of red cards floating around and some sim bins and all that kind of thing as well. So nothing that we were used to. Um, no postponements, fortunately. Um, and we got a round of football in just before we have a week off, which is nice. So uh, a few COVID issues, I think, floating around clubs too as well. So, of course, um, we're going to see that throughout the season and we'll see some depleted sides because of that. Um, but, you know, it's good to see some matches on the weekend that, and a whole round of games. Certainly are. Michael, how's it going this weekend? Yeah, doing good. I was just speaking to Russ off air and I had already talked to you about it, but we didn't end up having a game on the weekend. And my next one isn't until I think the 30th of, of April. So quite a sizable break in the season, um, which isn't ideal, but you know, there's not much, not much you can really do. Uh, lucky for me, there's all these, all these other games going on. So in, in a fortnight's time, uh, I think we, we have a buy in, in my comp, so I'm going to try and go watch a MPL 2 match. I'm going to try and get out to Eagles because I desperately need to have an Eagle burger again. So it's been <laughs> Mark, too long. You, you told me you were on the bench in round one as well, as well, so you're probably quite tired and you need this fortnight break, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I need, I need this time to really, you know, think about, you know, my performances and how I can get better. So I'm going to use this time wisely. Recover and recuperate, my friend. That's it. That's it. We here at Eminem Podcasts are very proud to talk to you about our very first sponsor called Line Market, a new local business emerging in the sport and technology arena. That's right, Michael. Line Market is a new business operating the ACT and surrounding regions, and their product delivers accurate line markings for all sports and special functions using the latest technology. That's right, Matt. And this includes all sports that we either take part in or have watched on TV at some point. And this ranges from football, rugby league, rugby union, hockey, Aussie rules, gridiron, baseball, softball, athletic tracks of any size and associated disciplines and more. Yeah, look, that sounds like it covers a lot of ground, Michael. And playing right now are the images and videos of this machine at work. And by God, it's a beauty. If you're interested in these services or know someone that would be, do not hesitate to contact the business owner of this fantastic new initiative, Ken Yalg, through his email, linemarket at tpg.com.au or his work mobile, 0493-241-646. Contact details and social media pages will be available to access at our Facebook page, Eminem Podcast. But if you are watching this on Facebook, it will be attached to the post. That's absolutely right, Matt. And you know better than anyone else here at Eminem Podcasts, we believe this business is fantastic for local Canberra sport and surrounding regions, whilst it couples its work with the finest new technologies. Uh, in per- before we get cracking, let's, uh, Russ, quickly want to m- mention a game he'll be calling with Steve Forshaw, catch-up match from round one, Olympic versus uh, Canberra, Croatia. Um, live on MPL TV, Ross. It will be Thursday night, 7.30pm. So tune in if you've not got anything else to do. It's a Canberra Olympic v Canberra Croatia from Deakin Stadium, though. So uh, Deakin have opened the ground up for Canberra Olympics use for a home game. Um, and we all know how well Canberra Olympic like Deakin Stadium. So that one might make an interesting one. And as we'll talk about in a bit, some contrasting results on the weekend. But that should be a good match to take us into the Easter weekend. 
certainly should. Uh, Michael, what's our first matchup of the MPL round? Yeah, so we had West Canberra Wanderers playing host to Belconnen United, and it was Belconnen United, the away team, that came away with a 2-1 win. Uh, West Canberra's goal scorer was uh, Geno Surti in the 90th minute, and Belconnen United, Borgard, got on the score sheet in the first couple of minutes before Max Green converted from the penalty spot. So obviously, Belconnen United, they get their first win of the season, which I think was important for them in terms of you know, bouncing back following their loss to Monero in the opening round of the season at home. And, you know, I, I think the the away side, they, they would have been a little disappointed to concede um, considering how close they were to really completing that bounce back where you go through a loss, but you come back the next week and you get a win, but you also get a clean sheet as well. It just boosts a lot of sort of confidence and morale. So they'll be a little bit disappointed they weren't able to, to get a, clean sheet in that one but in terms of the actual goals um it was a bit of a mistake that gifted belco the opener but you you take what you get in this in this league and you you create the opportunities no matter how how they come up um and it was just a matter of you know luck falling on on belconnen's uh, side for that opening goal but you know, they, they did well, Belconnen, to their credit, to sort of go beyond that after going ahead and creating further chances. And that's where we then saw uh, Green convert, you know, a confident penalty to make it 2-0 at the break. And it sort of seemed at that point that Belconnen were, you know, well on their way to get the three points, albeit there was another 45 minutes of football still to play. You know, there was a little bit more assertiveness, assertiveness sorry, from West Canberra to come out in that second half. Obviously, they're chasing the game. But, you know, obviously a positive will be that they were able to get themselves back in it. But it's just unfortunate that it came at such a late stage of the game where they didn't just didn't have enough time to really, you know, complete the comeback and at least come away with a draw. So it, it just proved a little bit of a case of too little, too late for West Canberra Wanderers. But overall, a pretty good game of, of football. Russ, what, what was your thoughts Uh on this on this result for Belcon and United, important for them to uh, get off the board for the year. Yeah, after losing three 0 home to Manara in round one, it really was important for them to get something on the board. And as you mentioned, they had the perfect start. Phil Bourgeois' goal after two minutes, a bit of a howler from Jacob Wiseman. Um, whether he lost it in the flight or it moved a bit, it was a bit windy on the weekend. Um, shouldn't have been beaten there. And he knows that as well. And it's an uncharacteristic error from Jacob. Um, and it gifted them the good start that Blue Devils wanted. You know, after you've come off the back of a home loss, it's not ideal. Uh, you've got to get going again. And they, the second goal before halftime, Max Green's penalty really put them in the driving seat. Um, and, and it was a result that they deserved from then on in. The late goal from Jenna Saruti um, was his first um, at this level in, in the Premier League. Um, he's had a couple of runouts for Tuggeron pre-season, but uh, uh, last season rather, but that's his first goal in MPL. So too little too late, as you mentioned. Um, nice to see Max Green get on the scorecard. He's off this week to Spain uh, to do his trial period with Royal Vallecano. So we wish him the very best of luck. Best of luck. Um, I'd hope we don't see him again, to be honest. <laughs> Let's hope he gets a, a, a contract and he stays over there. And, and uh, that'll be great yeah. for everybody in Canberra if he does do that. And um, uh, not so great, perhaps, for Marcus Zukowski, <laughs> losing one of his main strikers. Uh, but we wish him all the best. Uh, for the Wanderers, I think it was a disappointing performance off the back of that um, cup match that they beat Canberra Croatia a long time ago now. And I think that gap probably didn't help them in terms of momentum. They could have got on the field last week. It may have been a different story, but 
yeah, difficult place to go if Mahrez yep. Athletic can get three points and uh, Michael Zorkowski's team will be really happy they've done so. Next up, we have Canberra Croatia against Tigers FC. 1-1 draw, share of the spoils between the top two teams last season. Daniel Barrich with the goal for Canberra Croatia. Josh Golevsky with the goal through a penalty for Tigers FC. We mentioned there, uh, share of the spoils. Tigers are open their season with two straight draws while Canberra Croatia collected their first points of the season after they didn't play in that first round. Nick Popovich thought he had, he had given the Tigers the lead inside the first 10 minutes, but uh, the ref uh, judged there was a push on the defender in the back before taking uh, the ball off him before, of course, he put it in the back of the net. Canberra Croatia then took the lead through a fantastic ball over the top, you have to say, from uh, Jason Ugrinic. Um, uh, it was excellently finished off as well. Very calm and collector, wasn't it, from uh, Daniel Barach there. Probably the most cool, calm and collected uh, sort of strike I've seen in terms of uh, a volley anyway. Um, yeah. Very well done there. Uh, both sides, it looked to be going uh, back and forth uh, from what I saw. I was in and out of uh, this one uh, through, a, through a party as well I was at, so I was able to yeah. catch a decent... Yeah, I was in and out. Uh, uh, cousin 21st, uh, he wouldn't have minded at all. So from what I saw, they did look back and forth. Uh, yeah, thrilling finish as well uh, in terms of a penalty from Josh Golevsky when he finished off. His penalty, uh, it didn't seem like there was too much between them, Russ. Uh, you were at the game, though, commentating, though. Uh, feel free to correct me on that one if that is the case. But share the spoils at Deacon. Yeah, a, a good game to watch, actually. There was plenty of entertainment. I mean, perhaps it wasn't the most technically gifted game between these two sides that we've seen before, but it was super entertainment. The goal from Daniel Balach, I think uh, everybody expected him to take that ball down from Jason Ukulinch's through ball, yeah. but he uh, just rolled it past the keeper nonchalantly with that volley. I thought it was going wide at one stage. It kind of trickled into the corner. Um, to, and Canberra FC Croatia were, were one nil up and, and comfortably one nil up. Chances were few and far between for both teams. Tigers had a few opportunities, but not too many after the Popovich disallowed goal, which actually I thought was, was kind of soft. I thought he probably could have been given that a goal, but, you know, the referees are closer than we are. And um, from our angle, looked like perhaps it was shoulder to shoulder, but obviously the liner was right there and he, decided it was pushing the back and that's all that matters. Um, the turning point of the game for me was at 1-0 when Matt Gerbisha got sent to the Simbin. Um, they played with 10 minutes for 10 men and I thought, well, this is going to be a chance for Tigers to hit back. But what actually happened was Croatia should have gone 2-0 up. Uh, Michael Piccolo did everything right. There was a cutback and, and he struck it superbly along the ground and to all intents and purposes, it looked like it was a goal. And Jacob Cole stuck out a big right foot and deflected it round for a corner. It was one of the best saves I've ever seen locally. Um, it was from the penalty spot range and hit with venom. Keeper going the wrong way and having to go back on himself. It was a brilliant stop. If that goes in, Canberra pressure win the football match. It didn't. Um, and they cleared the corner. And then about five minutes later, they were given the penalty and Josh Gillespie confidently slammed it in. He's in great form, by the way. Uh, yep. Three goals, I think, this season already, if you count his charity shield efforts. Um, but brilliant finish. And, and of course, there was another Simbin for Luke Pilkington a little bit later on. So Croatia played 20 minutes with 10 men in that game. Um, it was important for the Tigers to come back and get a point uh, like they did against Gungahlin and United. I'm sure Ryan Grogan and, and Jagorinic are pulling their hair out about having to come from behind. Um, but two games in, they've not lost a match yet. These two teams were the top two last year. And mm -hmm. uh, like you said, honours even, nothing could separate them. And I think credit as well to Sam Brown, who made a really good save at the other end, if memory serves me right, from Tommy Kirklich at 1-1 to preserve a point for his team. So entertaining game to watch. Uh, draw probably a fair result on the balance. 
Okay, Michael, you were at this next matchup. It was a, a cracking result for a team making their return after 13 years to top flight Canberra football, wasn't it? Absolutely, Matt. O'Connor Knights uh, getting the win against Canberra Olympic. Uh, it, it was an astounding result for O'Connor Knights. 6-2 victory for them. Uh, Zygmunt got a double. Manda got a double. O'Rourke on the score sheet and Michael Adams also and for Canberra Olympic. Darwich and Steinacker with an own goal there as well. A very impressive uh, home win to kickstart kick O'Connor's season and their introduction, like you said, Matt, back into the top division after 13 years. I thought sort of watching the game for the first 10, 15 minutes, it just looked like both teams were trying to settle. And it, it just seemed a little bit cagey, like sort of both teams just trying to sort of get a foothold on the ball and, you know, I think when a team is, you know, in O'Connor's case anyway, when you're playing your first match back in the first division, maybe there's just a bit of nerves and players just trying to settle down. But sort of after that first 10, 15 minute period, O'Connor started to have more success as the match went on. And particularly in the second half, I thought they were really good in the second half. And that's what really set them aside from Canberra Olympic. And it's just the sort of result that, coach Alex Trinich would have been hoping for to start their 2022 season. I mean, you can't ask for a, a better result at home uh, to start your, your 2022 campaign back in the top flight. And I thought it, it's also key to mention, I was talking to Matt about this uh, off air and I believe he was talking to um, Alex as well, but you know, two, uh, two corners from, uh, two two goals, sorry, for built built up from short corners, uh, which is something you don't really see all that often. But it just shows, you know, a, a bit of quality. You know, you don't have to always swing the ball into the into the box. You can sometimes work around it, and that's what they managed to do. So, and the scorers for those for those goals as well were, uh, you know, the, all the scorers, sorry, were were all MPL two players last year uh, for O'Connor uh, on the scoreboard on Saturday with the six goals. So. I think they showed, you know, really good aspects in attack, uh, particularly particularly their link-up play, uh, which was on display quite a bit in that match. And, you know, it it, sh- it really showed how well those young players worked together. And I think that's just a representation of, obviously, the experience that they've had last season getting promoted and having a good season in, in what was called MPL2 last season. And now where they've managed to have a good preseason and they've obviously had a lot of confidence coming into this new MPL season. So kudos to them. And I thought it was also uh, important to highlight the performance of Michael Adams. We, we know how, how good Michael Adams is. He, he managed to obviously get on the score sheet, like I mentioned, but he also provided four assists as well. So he had a, he had a hand in five of the six goals to really show how important he was and how great of a sign and he, signing he's already proved to be. I think on the flip side of this, I think Olympic, they'll obviously be disappointed with the result to concede six. It's not great for any team to concede that amount of goals. But, you know, they were right They were right in the match, especially when the scores were, you know, when the score was, sorry, when it was too well and they managed to peg back uh, twice. But I think it did certainly highlight that they did have moments in the game. And I definitely saw that they they just couldn't really piece it together in the final third as they would have as they would have hoped. You know they had a lot of times where 
they would find themselves in decent areas, but maybe a pass would go astray or, you know, uh, someone would overrun the ball. And before you know it, you know, O'Connor were then able to take the ball and quickly sort of push forward with the amount of space that was being sort of left by Olympic. So, Russ, what what did you think of the the result? Yeah, beyond the wildest dreams. Of, yeah, beyond the wildest dreams, I think of O'Connor Knights. They would have wanted to get their season off and running last week, and there was certainly thirteen years of pent up frustration shown on that field. Six goals to two, yeah. a fantastic performance by the Knights. Uh, you mentioned Michael Adams, absolutely brilliant. He could even afford to miss a penalty. It was a great save from Sebastian Usai in the Olympic goal. Yep. It was a stunning stop. Um, didn't make any difference whatsoever. I think the key to this one was Patrick O'Rourke's goal um, at 3-2. Um, you mentioned that they got back on terms at one apiece. They did go 3-1 down before the own goal to Noah Steinacker to make it 3-2. Oh, yeah. um, but that Paddy O'Rourke goal, um, almost within five or six minutes of that own goal, to restore that two-goal cushion was the actual killer blow for Canberra Olympic. And as they were looking for the game against this O'Connor Knight side, they got picked off. Um, Martin Zygmunt wanted me to mention that he's joint top goal scorer in the uh, in the Premier League. He's got two goals for Kenny Manders, got two with Josh Golevsky as well. So we'll give him his yeah. moment. He's asking yeah. me today if he could get a printout of the leading scorers. Um, <laughs> didn't want to put him in his place, but with his surname starting with Z, he'd be bottom of those three. So yeah. <laughs> lucky Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you've got to, we'll, we'll push you to the top just for this once. But, yeah. you know, you've got the veteran at the back there. You've got some other experienced players like Adams in the middle. You've got really young talent that are running around outside them. They've got pace. They've got physicality. And you can see they're well coached. Miro and Alex have had them uh, together now for quite some time. They've got yeah. a big, deep squad. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a great start to the season for them. They're not going to get carried away and nobody else will either, I don't think. Their next test is Tigers FC, if I'm not mistaken. And that'll be a really good test of their credentials. And But at the moment, they can sit pretty. They've got three points on the board and a big win at home. And I popped in as well um, with my father before he goes back to the UK. We nipped down to O'Connor to have a look. And great setup they've got down there. Plenty of home fans too. And it was uh, nice to see. Uh, for Canberra Olympic, yeah, I think Robbie um, Kadnach and Mitz uh, will admit that he probably picked the wrong 11 um, to cope with what the O'Connor Knights had to offer. He was hamstrung, missing um, up to half a dozen uh, first-choice players for him in that group that he would probably select from. Uh, but don't detract anything away from the O'Connor Knights. They thoroughly deserved their win and scored some wonderful goals. And I'm really looking forward to seeing them in action this season because I think they play with that kind of um, silk and steel that we like to see and, and that can get you results. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next up, we have Bengalian United against Monaro Panthers. Uh, Josh Gaspari and Jeremy Habtamarian with the goals for Bengalian and Amelia Kishta with the goal for Monaro Panthers. Very good win for Bengalian overall. This win puts them at the top of the table, one point clear of Monaro O'Connor and Bell Conan. Uh, missing for this matchup from Gungala United was Bernabeu Madrid and Leon Mickle, both their goal scorers from the previous week. First and foremost, I was calling call this game. First and foremost, I want to apologize. Mishko Namoshki was not the first scorer, like I said, on commentary. It was uh, right Gaspari. Yeah, <laughs> it was a cracking free kick, wasn't it? Uh, he accidentally called uh, Mishko for that one, not Gaspari, so my bad. Uh, they started the matchup on the front foot, you have to say, in terms of um, Gungala. They were eyeing Monaro's defense with balls over the top. Quite a few. I, uh, Paul Townsend and I on commentary were going to say, I don't think we've seen so many, uh, you know, balls over the top in the first 15, uh, 15 minutes than we saw in that game. But it really worked for Gungala. They were really pressuring Monaro like that. And 
Robbie Tachenko, I just want to specifically say, I thought was outstanding in that opening half. We don't really talk about him too much on the show, but he was really a standout down that left flank. And he was the one that sort of had Gungalan's best chance, I would say, in that opening first half where he, he, he flipped in a ball for a header and it forced a really good save there from Jordan Thurtell. I have to say there was quite a few save, good saves from Jordan Thurtell in this one. In terms of the second half, um, Gungalan were, a, like we mentioned, through that Gaspari free kick. Uh, they got on the score sheet. Uh, Monaro probably started just a little bit quicker in that first half, but once Gungalan started, it was mostly... Uh, them, uh, from what I can recall. Uh, Minari did have their chances, though. And Jack Green was immense at the back, like he always is, but a bass as well. Nick Dahl fills in for, um, fills in that fullback position as well. In terms of uh, Minari, they did have Andre Carl with a late unavailability uh, on the day or the night before, I believe. And you could tell in the way they sort of set up they played with the um, the false nine with uh, Kishter and they didn't have an out-and-out striker. And you can tell that they didn't practice that in midweek because they weren't expecting this to uh, to happen as well. Uh, but they did have their uh, their chances. They had the build-up play there, but um, they just weren't able to put uh, the goals that they would have liked in the back of the net. Um, in terms of Monaro's defence, though, we mentioned they were targeted for those long balls and they weren't able to deal with it for the first 20 or so minutes. But after about 20 minutes, Calabria and De Franceschi figured out a way to sort of um, to sort of stop that. And then it forced Gungalan to go through the wings. Um, like we mentioned, Thurtell was immense on the day. Uh, Calabria had another immense performance. Kishter with that goal. What a goal. Another one that caught us off guard. It just came out of nowhere. And then he had the C, the C celebration at the end as <laughs> well. Um, but in terms of Selden and Carl, they're two massive players to have out. But... In saying that, though, credit to Gungalan. They deserve the win on the day. Uh, Russ, what were your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I mean, the players are missing, obviously, the big ones you talked about, Bernabe, Madrid, um, Raftin as well, as long as near Mikkel. Raftin's back in the country now after his foot all those exploits, and congratulations to him on making his international debut and scoring a goal in that competition overseas in Bangkok. Um, and, of course, for the Panthers, you, made, you mentioned Carl wasn't there, Seldon wasn't there, Wilson wasn't there, um, and Woods wasn't available either. Um, they were a bit depleted as well, but both sides then shorn of perhaps some of their key players. The tactic that Gungalan play, we've seen it a lot, where they knock the ball around uh, short and then they play that long diagonal over the top looking for the pace of John on one side or Mishkinomoski on the other. Um, and if it's played correctly and, and well, which Jack Green inevitably does, it's very hard to defend against. Look, I spoke to both Frank Keisha and Marcel Munoz after the game because I didn't catch the first half because I was on young Matilda's duty at Viking Park. Um, but both of them said that Monero had the better of the first half and perhaps could have had more goals uh, could have had a goal or two to their credit, but Garland really came to the fore in the second half. And you mentioned Josh Gaspari's free kick, and he's a great signing for Gungarlin United. If he's around to the end of the season, it completely changes the dynamic of their side. He's got a good engine, he can range of passing, and he can strike a ball. Kister's equaliser was a stunning, um, as we've come to expect from him. Um, and Jeremy Habtomarian's penalty, I don't think there was too many arguments about whether it should have been a spot kick. I mean, maybe those in green and black didn't think mm. so, but um, I think most of the neutrals would have said, yeah, it was a penalty. Um, and of course, uh, the red cards didn't help. Yep, I forgot um, to mention that. We have three. Yeah, Emilio Kishter sent off for a second yellow. Josh Calabria sent off for a second yellow. And then in stoppage time, Bada Bass sent off for a second yellow. Uh, after Kishter had equalised at 1-1, you thought the game might be in the balance despite Gungarland having much the better of the second half because they've got that threat on the break that they can 
they can hurt you. Um, once Kishner got sent off, it obviously allowed Gungarden to dictate the tempo. Um, and once they'd scored the goal, I think there was no doubt about it that they were going to win the game. And you'd think on the balance of that, they probably deserve the three points this week. Would have pleased Marcel Munoz, I think. Um, they would have been really disappointed, as we mentioned last week, losing a two-goal lead against Tigers FC. They should have won that game, uh, but they didn't. But they've got four points and they're top of the pile from two games. And I think what we've seen from these first two rounds is that there's plenty of teams that can beat each other. Yeah. And this isn't going to be a season where a team walks away with this and starts no. building up a big lead. I think everybody can beat each other. There's going to be some tight matches. You start throwing O'Connor Knights into the mix now who look like they're well-equipped to take yeah. points off everybody. And it's going to be a really, really exciting season. It certainly will be. And Michael, let's get into the fixtures. Uh, this is getting harder and harder. I've literally changed my mind when I had uh, several times uh, over while, while you were talking and I was uh, uh, waiting to do my bit. So let's get straight into it. Um, in saying that though, let's quickly just go over what happened last week. So we had in MPL, uh, MPL we had me with two, you with one. Uh, MPLW, we fared a little better. You with four, me with three, Jeremy with two, and then the same results for MPL two slash CPL. Me with two, you with one. Is that a clean sweep for Michael in WMPL? It is. Four it is. from four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. That fills me with a little bit of joy because certainly didn't go. It certainly didn't go well for the other for the other competitions. Yeah, we won't mention the other ones, mate. Yeah. I, I can yeah. reverse clap. I still got half. I still got half. <laughs> yeah. Too bad. You, you though won. So uh, it it was a bit of a mixed pile for both of us there. So. Uh, adds to the bit of fun we're going to have. So do you want to kick us off with MPL round three fixtures? Yeah, that'll happen in a fortnight's time after Easter. Yep. So first up, we have Belconda United up against Gungahlin United, Saturday, April 23rd, 3 p.m. at McKellar Park. This is a very tough one. Uh, I'm sort of contemplating back and forth on what... I'm going to go for Gungahlin United in this one. It, it's It's super tight for me uh, to pick a winner. But I, I do think sort of on the back of that victory for Gungahlin United against Monero, I think that'll do them a world of good. And, you know, but uh, on this, at the same time, you know, Belconnen United obviously getting an important victory as well to kickstart their campaign. So, I mean, both sides obviously coming into this one with a victory. Uh, I'm still going to, yeah, stick with Gungahlin United, maybe just sneaking away with one here. Yeah, look, this is going to be a tough one. I mean, Gagalan obviously played very well in the last two games and uh, ended up getting a draw and a win. But uh, Belko bounced back last week. Let's not forget Belko did get the better of Gungahlin United deservedly as well in that Australia Cup tie. They're going to be chomping at the bit also. No Max Green, though, in that one. This is going to be a tough one. I'm going to change my mind again. I'm going to go with the... I'm going to go with the Gungahlin victory, but this could go anyway. I've literally changed about three times for this one. Um, so uh, what, what do you think about this matchup, Russ, in terms of what you're expecting uh, from the tie? And what match are you going to be calling as well this uh, this fortnight? Because all the matches are on a Saturday. Yeah, um, I've got two uh, games on the weekend. I've got Belcon versus Gungahlin at 3 o'clock at McKellar. And then we will be hot-tailing it over to the Riverside where they've where all their Saturday evening games now for us are going to be put back to 5.45. So if there's a two game on a Saturday, we can get across and get there in time for kickoff for uh, Monero mm-hmm. Croatia. But this game that you're talking about, Belcon and Gungarlan, I think it's going to be either a Belcon win, a Gungarlan win or a draw. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah. 
you, I think you guys are, are, are agonising over it quite correctly because it's going to be a, a tough one to call. Um, Bengalin's form's pretty good, but Conan have, have got themselves a, a, a top side as well this season, and it really could go either way. That's why we're going to uh, commentate on this one because I think it's going to be a, a great matchup, and it should be two teams that will go toe to toe. We were there for the Australia Cup game; that could have gone either way as well, and it's a really exciting encounter. Yeah, next up we've got Canberra Olympic up against West Canberra Wanderers, Saturday, April 23rd, 3pm at O'Connor Enclosed. Oh, again, I, I'm having real difficulty picking a side here. I mean, on one hand, you've got, you know, Canberra Olympic who will be eager, well, very eager, in fact, to obviously right that wrong in terms of the result that they that they endured against O'Connor Knights. And then you've got West Canberra who had a, you know, a narrow defeat against Belconnen. I'm going to go for Olympic. God, that was long. <laughs> Flip a coin, my friend, because it's coin, yeah. exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, this will be fun to look back on. I'm going to go for a draw with this one here. Both teams looking to get their first points of the season. And uh, I think they might equal uh, equalize each other out uh, in doing so. So I'm going to go with a draw for this one. And of course, I changed my mind just before it. Uh, Russ, what are you expecting from in this match? Like we mentioned, both te- both teams looking for their first points. Um, in saying that, though, Olympic are playing uh, midweek uh, coming up, though, yeah. so that could be that could be different. Who knows? Yeah, look, I mean, it's going to be an important game for both sides, isn't it? I mean, it's important to get your first three points yeah. on the board. We saw that last year with Tuggeron United. The longer it went on, the harder it yeah. became for them. Um, Olympic, both these sides last year actually had really good starts, didn't they? And yeah. they were fifteen points up before we could even blink at the right end of the table. And in the end, that was enough for them to stay up despite having a bad run of form. Now, I mentioned five minutes ago that anyone could be anyone in this league and they'll be be looking at all these other fixtures going, well, we can get points. But for all of them, for both these sides, it's vitally important to start winning. And it's it's a game on the weekend that both coaches will be targeting. They'll think that they can win. West Canberra Wanderers will look at Olympics' recent result and let's say they do lose to Deakin, um, to Croatia at Deakin on Thursday. Uh, They'll have lost the first two games and West Canberra will be going, well, there's a chance for us to put some daylight between us and them. With the result, but away at O'Connor on the grass as well, it's perhaps not quite suited to their style as it is the Melrose synthetic. So, yeah, we're looking forward to this one as well. Anything could happen, and I think either of you could be right in your predictions here. Um, but okay. I wouldn't put it past the Wanderers to come away with three points as well. It's going to be a good one. No, I wouldn't either. This is actually a very like just having a look at these fixtures. Like they're, they're very, very, very tough games to pick. So next up, we've got Tigers FC up against O'Connor Knights Saturday. April 23rd, 3 p.m. at AOS, Grassfield 2. Oh, man. Uh, I, I feel as though I've opened, you know, every prediction with, with that. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like this. It, it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just so, it's very tough to pick. I'm going to, I'm actually going to go for a Tigers win. Uh, I think that they've had they've had the two draws now to start the season and we obviously know the quality that they have and i just think that this could be the game where they really sort of get their season going in terms of getting that first win on the board against o'connor who although had that really good victory against canberra olympic we'll get to really see what they're made of against against an opposition like tigers so 
it's going to be tough. It could literally go either way. I just want to sort of claim that before this may go wrong. But I'm going to go for Tigers FC in this one. It's going to be tough, though. Yeah, look, I think the week off probably helps Tigers as well. They're going to be chomping at the bit to get their first win of the season. And they have another week to sort of um, rectify that in terms of their preparation. Uh, there's there's no reason to say O'Connor Knights can't get uh, the win here. I'm going to go for Tigers' victory overall. And I think if this was played next week, I would have um, I probably would have picked either uh, a draw or O'Connor Knights' win based on that momentum. Yeah. And I think a week yeah. off as well um, sort of... Uh, sort of not cancels, but sort of uh, doesn't have the momentum as high in that regard. But I wouldn't be surprised if O'Connor Knights can come away with the win here either. They're that much quality. And uh, since I didn't uh, comment on that O'Connor Knights win, just the way they played as well, a lot of the yeah. goals they get, the build-up play was tremendous. And I'm a big Excellent. fan of two of the goals that were uh, from short corners as well. Like you mentioned, I can't remember the last time I saw that. But I'm going to go with a narrow Tigers FC victory here. Like we mentioned, it could go any way. Um, Russ, what do you... Uh, looking for in terms of this match. Uh, like we mentioned, Tigers will be chomping in the bit to get their first three points. I think if we sat here 12 months ago and we were talking about Tigers versus Knights in an Australia yeah. Cup game and you suggested that the Knights could live with the Tigers, we'd all have laughed at you and gone, there's no way. Tigers have far too much quality in that lineup. A year's a long time in football, isn't it? Yeah. And, and a week's yeah. a long time as well. And I think the momentum that the Knights built, they would have liked to get yeah. this game, as you said, next weekend against the Tigers side that confidence perhaps isn't quite as high as it should be. Um Look, I think the Knights have got enough quality in that ranks. And you talked about the way they've been coached and the way they play football. And you've got to remember that they're 6-2 win on the weekend. They were missing um, Danny Roberts, Liam Walsh, Nico Kresic, um, Andrew Slavich, Eddie Coggan. There's five players off the top of my head that they didn't have. Uh, Regan Walsh is another one. Six players that they didn't have in that squad. And those, when you look at that team, that's six experienced Premier League players. So you think, well, they can bring some more quality to that outfit. So they've definitely got the firepower and, and the quality to, to hurt the Tigers. Now, the Tigers that we all know all about, the Tigers, they've got some great striking ability. They've got super attacking ability. Interesting to see Rocco Stricker deployed in central defence the last two weeks. Um, while he's really calm and confident there and he's strong and he plays the ball around, I do think they miss his attacking quality as he goes forward. So, yeah, this one's going to be a cracker. And I mentioned in the O'Connor Knights um, review slightly earlier that this is a good test of their credentials at this level to see whether they can not only live with the Tigers, but perhaps um, I would hesitate to even call it an upset because I think if yep. the Knights win, it will be a thoroughly deserved victory. Um, again, if you're at the AIS on the weekend or you tune into NPL TV, this is a good one to watch as well. Really hard to pick our games this week. It's um, to, yep. to which ones we're going to broadcast and commentate on and, and also, um, you know, as you guys are finding it to predict the results. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, last last up, we've got yet another mouth-watering fixture and another tough one to call. It's Monero Panthers up against Canberra, Croatia, Saturday, April 23rd at Riverside Stadium at, you, you said 5.45, Russ, correct? Yeah, they so, moved the kickoff 15 minutes for us, which is rather yep. nice. And we arranged it with the teams and the coach and stuff and the referees. Just gives that extra bit of time for us to, to nip down the highway. Beautiful. I'm I'm going to say a Monero Panthers victory here, but it's also important to consider the fact that Canberra Croatia are obviously going to play a match before then uh, as well. So, I mean, like my thoughts and feelings could sort of change on that based on their result when they play against Canberra Olympic in that rescheduled match. But I, I expect Panthers to 
to come back. They'll have those sort of key personnel that they had missing in that Gungalan match come back as well. And uh, I think if they're able to produce the quality that they did against Belcon and United, then I, I think they can come away with a victory here in front of their home fans at Riverside. Yeah, look, I'm just going to call this one down the middle and say it's a draw because these two teams, especially when they play each other, it's all, I can't remember the last blowout score in terms of the last two years between these two teams. And even when a certain side's played better uh, than each other in a certain match, it's always been close. It has always been close, um, especially these matches at the Riverside as well. Uh, so I'm just going to call it down the middle, say it's a draw and uh, save myself the hassle for uh, this week in that regard. Russ, you'll be calling this one. It's always a cracker, isn't it? Yeah, I've been prepping my commentary notes for this one. And just so you guys can feel very pleased about your predictions. In the 10 matches that they've played away to Monero Panthers in the NPL era, uh, Monero Panthers have beaten Canberra Croatia absolutely none times. So it's been 10 oh. wins to Canberra Croatia to nil from Monero Panthers, which incredibly, when you consider the results they've had in the last few years, you said they haven't been close. That They have been close. Haven't been in the last blowouts. two, they've been very close. Yeah, they've yeah. been very close. All three. Very, yeah. close. Obviously, the Panthers did defeat them on penalties in the Cup their um, last season as well. But yeah, they haven't won an NPL home game against Camp Croatia in their history, which is quite surprising, to be honest. Um, saying that, this is, again, a very different Camp yep. uh, Monero Panther side to what we've seen in the past. Um, generally, there's lies, lies and statistics, I think they say, or something like that. Um, and Camp Croatia are a good outfit away from home. Monero Panthers are a good outfit as well. What we will see is two sides playing some attractive football. Dini Greenwich and Frank Keisha like their sides to play good attacking football. Wouldn't be surprised if they cancel each other out. Um, I think the loss of Emilio Kishta, um and Josh Calabria is a big blow. They'll both be suspended, of course, uh, for this one. And um, yeah, it's going to be a good match. Looking forward to calling that one. Steve Fortrell will join me uh, fresh off the back of Tigers under 23s against the Knights. He's going to make the trip down uh, half time in that game from first grade. Um, and he'll come and join us for that one as well. So it should be a good one. It certainly should. That's us for this week. Russ. Thank you for joining me uh, and us. And uh, do you have any last words before you head off? Yeah, just remember that on the back of those games on the 23rd of April as well, there's been three matches confirmed for the quarterfinals of the Australia Cup. Uh, Wednesday, the 27th of April, the Panthers will play ANU and Tuggernaut will play West Canberra Wanderers. I think that's almost confirmed. And then on the following Wednesday, the 4th of May, O'Connor versus Queanbeyan City. And we're still waiting for Belco. I don't need to confirm theirs as well. But yeah, thanks very much for having us on again. Thanks for filling in for me on the weekend while I was calling the International at Viking Park. And uh, let's hope we get another round of, of high-quality, uh, close football matches in a fortnight's time. And what's your order to break this weekend? And now to our MPLW section of the podcast, we have, first up, Belcon United, 5-1 over Gungahlin United. Another 5-1 victory like they did last week. Olivia Bomford with two goals in the 51st and 69th minute. Kira Bobbin with two goals in the 61st and 84th minute. And then Matsis ends up on the score sheet as well in stoppage time in the 92nd minute. For Gungahlin United, Erica Pennyfield scored their goal in the 44th minute. Uh, Belconi United, like we said, made it two wins from two to start the season with a pretty convincing win overall against Gungahlin United. And we mentioned how... Not a lot of people have been talking about Bolko. Well, they've come out with uh, two uh, very mm -hmm. impressive wins to start. And it's probably the best way for them to head into that Olympic match where Olympic are stacked this season with a whole bunch of players and a lot of former Belco players as well. They'll be raring to go for that one. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, we mentioned uh, the prowess and attack, Bonford and Bobbin, both with uh, braces and Kira Bobbin. 
this is her fifth goal of the season, which means she is now tied joint top scorer because Krista Hagen scored five goals against Wagga City Wanderers. So those two are joint top scorers. So Bobbin is having one hell of a season so far in these early days. Overall, Gungala United, though, this is their first league match after last week. They didn't play against West Canberra Wanderers due to a, a ground issue, I believe. Uh, so they'll be disappointed with the way they uh, with the way they started. Um, but, you know, they did have the lead uh, in the first uh, half, just before the end of the half. So I guess you couldn't really ask for much, could you, in terms of Gungala and having that momentum heading in, scoring just before. But Belko were able to overcome it, uh, overcome it quite quickly. Um so, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what's happening going forward. Talk about how Belko are very, you know, they're looking very strong despite more changes than they've ever had. Gungahlin United, we, we all know they've still got the quality. It might just take a bit of time for them to, to click together because we have mentioned how they were the team that had a lot of continuity. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's why they did pretty well over the last couple of seasons. But now they still have a decent amount of players that have played together, but at the end of the day, they have lost some key players as well. And with the new coach also, it seems like they just need a bit of time to get going. So we'll see how they go against CUA this weekend. Overall, though, very, very good win from Belconning United. Scott, Scotty Conlon has them going pretty well heading into the next uh, round. Like I said, big matchup for them against, uh, against Olympic. Yeah, big, big game. Yeah. That one, that's going to be a good one, isn't it? Certainly. Do you have any thoughts before we move on? <clears throat> oh, I think, you know... Like you sort of mentioned at the top, it's consecutive 5-1 wins now for Belconnen United. Um, they've looked pretty good, even though they've gone through, you know, a bit of change as well in, in terms of, you know, players that have left the club and a new coach and whatnot. But already in this early part of the season, and like you mentioned, you know, they're, they're already showing that they've got a real prowess and attack. You know, they've got the personalities sort of going forward that make them a de- that have always made them a de- dangerous outfit. And, I think it's exactly the kind of form that they were hoping to be in heading into that Canberra Olympic game because it's going to be an absolute crack of that match um, given, obviously, the squad overhaul that Canberra Olympic has sort of underwent and how good they're looking as well. So it's going to set up for a, an enthralling game, most definitely. It certainly will. It certainly will. And good to see a new scorer as well, uh, Max, yep. on the, the score sheet there also. Who do we have next up? Yeah, next up, we've got West Canberra Wanderers who uh, got a victory over the Canberra United Academy, 1-0. Uh, so a clean sheet for West Canberra. So that's uh, an added bonus when you get the three points as well. It's always nice to keep a clean sheet. And <clears throat> obviously, we touched on it last week, but I think overall, it's a much better effort from the CUA uh, in this match compared to last week when they lost 8-1 to Canberra Croatia. But, you know, when we're looking back towards the home side, which was West Canberra Wanderers in this case. Ray Castro's, you know, he'll he'll be very happy with that with that win and that performance. And like I said, to get the clean sheet as well. And it's their first sort of three points of the season as well. So it really kickstarts their campaign. You know, it was they they managed to open the scoring at a really crucial time in the game. You know, just before half time. You know, Seaway definitely had their chances uh, throughout the game from set piece opportunities they had actually quite a few corners so i think that really showed that they were able to build the ball up like they normally do uh from the back and play it through the pitch and it was a matter of yeah getting in the final third and then winning those set piece sort of opportunities but they just couldn't capitalize uh, on that and you know whether that's just those girls not being physically big enough to sort of compete in the air and 
and and what have you it still shows that they were able to you know present some problems which i'm sure is a positive compared to what they were able to muster up last week so i think the cua can look at it from a positive perspective in that instance and you know i felt like this was the sort of result that west canberra needed matt after the loss that they suffered to canberra croatia in the charity uh, shield it's exactly what they needed in terms of just getting their you know foot in the door for the season and getting a three points and sort of just putting that game behind them but i think for cua it'll just be important for them not to get too discouraged from this result i think there's a big leap from what they endured last week to this week given you know they did play Canberra Croatia, which is one of the better teams in the competition. And that's just no disrespect to West Canberra Wanderers. But, you know, there, there were positives for them to take out of that game. And like I said, it might just take a little bit of time for those girls to gel together. And this is another team that has gone through a coaching change as well. So it's all about sort of just shifting, you know, culture and adapting to a new style of play. But, you know, all in all, West Canberra Wanderers will take that. It, it kicks, off, kicks off their season. And I know Ray Castro will be pleased to get a clean sheet. Maybe he would have obviously liked a few more goals. We all like goals, don't we? But three points is what matters at the end of the day. Next up, 6-0 Canberra Olympic over Tuggeron United. Anna Vandenbroek, two goals. Michaela Thornton, Nicole Jolocka, Ashley Sykes and Lara Mustaine own goal are the goals for Canberra Olympic. 6-0 win over... Tyrone United. Now, Olympic continue to show why they are one of the teams that uh, everyone's talking about. They came out with an emphatic victory against Tyrone United. Only scored two in the first half, though. We'll talk about how Tyrone, we can tell that they're improving this year. In terms mm -hmm. of Olympic, though, just firepower. They just keep going and going and going. And like we've said before, it helps that you've got someone like Michaela Thornton in there who really just leads the line and keeps putting up that pressure for uh, Olympic, but like we mentioned, Nicole Jaloka, she's uh, going to be scoring quite a few, I think, for them this season. Adam Vandenbroek, you're seeing a lot of variety of goal scorers, which uh, for Olympic, so just proves how much firepower they have. And then, of course, Ashley Sykes as well in the second half coming on there and uh, making a difference. She had a fantastic season with the uh, with Canberra United, even though Canberra United overall were uh, here and there. You yep. can't say Ashley Sykes didn't have a great season. She was uh, pulling out some uh, good goals for Canberra United overall. Um, in terms of Tuggeron, though, uh, another valiant effort. It was only 2-0 in the first half. And what I noticed from the game is in... And when we're talking about Tuggeron improving, we're not just talking about them, like, for example, conceding less. We're talking about stuff like last-minute instinct, def uh, instinct yeah. defending, like last-minute, you know, um, challenges or just instincts where they can, you know, just reach out or they just think... You can tell they think differently on the field when they're defending. If someone passes them, uh, everyone's thinking um, as a team uh, in terms of just the, some of the passages of play as well, leading up to some of their chances. I thought uh, they've, they've done pretty well there. You can, you can see a lot of, a lot of uh, positives from that performance from uh, Tugger and United. And we've mentioned how the uh, start of the draw isn't uh, pleasant to them either, but they're going to be looking at these, these positive passages of play and, uh, some of their defending as well, I thought was pretty good. I know it seems to be weird to say, considering they conceded six, but uh, you can just see how much they've all improved in that department. So there will be positives there for Tuggeron, but overall, very, very good win for Canberra Olympic. Once again, puts them in perfect position 
with another clean sheet as well, heading into that massive matchup against Belco, which is going to be hard to call, but we'll get into that later. Who do we have next up, Michael? Yeah, so next up we have Canberra Croatia, who astoundingly won 16-0 against Wagga City Wanderers. Matt, uh, we had Mia Georgie score a hat-trick. Jen Brissett uh, notch a hat-trick. Sienna Burney on the score sheet. And Krista Hagen scored five. And Barak scored three as well uh, before Jamie Berkeley also got on the score sheet too. So I believe that means that Zoran Glavinich's team had, I think, four different people with three goals or more, if I'm not mistaken there, Matt which will put a smile on his face for sure. I think that just sort of highlights the amount of talent that he has at his disposal. And we all know how hard it is for one player to get a hat trick. Um, So, I mean, to have four players end up with three goals or more is quite a feat and something that they should be proud of most definitely. And like you mentioned at the top, when talking about Belconnor United, Krista Hagen is obviously joint top goal scorer after her five goals in just this single match, which puts her level at the top of the standings as well for the race in for the golden boot. So I think with this result, I think Canberra Croatia, they sort of just continue that continue to send out that message to the rest of the competition that, you know, they have every intention in to regain their league title uh, this season. And, I think you can't get more emphatic of a message than what they put across on the pitch on the weekend. And I think it is key and important to note that Wagga City had both of their keepers uh, injured and they obviously weren't able to play in this match. And we all know how difficult it is to come up against one of the best sides in the competition, or not even one of the best sides in the competition, but any against any opposition and to know that you don't have any of your goalkeepers available mean that it's going to be very difficult for you. So I think we have to commend Wagga City for putting forward that effort in trying to field, you know, a team given the limit, the limited supplies that they had in that goalkeeping space. I think it's, and when we're talking about absences uh, on the Canberra Croatia side of things, you know, Britt Palombi wasn't uh, available and Rebecca uh, Kidding also didn't play for Canberra, Croatia. Matt, we spoke about the importance of goal difference in MPLW last year when it was, you know, between Canberra, Croatia and Belcon and United because of how close they were points-wise. And it was sort of like a two-horse race between those teams this season. And I, and I remember that we always used to talk about that goal difference is key in this in this competition. And, you know... When you have a result like this, it certainly helps and aids Canberra Croatia's cause to, you know, regain the title. If and particularly if they're going to be up against Belconnen, you know, come the season end, we expect the these two to be neck and neck going for the league title. And we talked about how goal difference will play a massive factor when. You know, when there's an aspect of maybe the teams being on the same points and then you've obviously got to look at the goal difference. But I think we're also going to be seeing that Canberra Olympic are going to come into that equation as well. So it 
it, it'll all depend if they can obviously stay consistent. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about Olympic here. If they stay consistent and pose as a title threat, because obviously last season they they weren't a threat necessarily to the title, but that changes a little bit this season because we know how much better they've gotten. But I think for Canberra, Canberra, Croatia, it's important that they get the goal difference up because, like I said, it, they tend to be back and forth with Belconnen. Maybe Olympic will be in that conversation as well. So a, a good win for Canberra, Croatia. Um, and hopefully we can see Wagga City sort of bounce back um, when they get their goalkeepers back and other other personnel uh, as well because we know how difficult it can be from them to, you know, to travel to Canberra. And when you've already got a limit on your playing squad, it makes it even harder to to sort of put an effort on the pitch that is going to get you a result from the game. So hopefully moving forward, we can see Wagga City Wanderers in a more sort of positive light. And I'm sure they will. They have a great coach and um, they'll be back. Look, and it's, we all know how difficult it is, uh, you know, to travel and all that. And especially considering this was one of the teams that had what some of the most injuries in terms of the women's game last year. Now to, they specifically got more keepers for this season. Now they're both injured already. It's just, you know, it's a lot of bad luck for Wagga. So if you're a, if you're a female keeper and you're interested in playing, reach out to Sam and the group there. Uh, they do accept players from Canberra, I believe they have. And and they allow them to train in Canberra as well. So I'm assuming it'll only be home games. Reach out to Wagga. I'm sure they'll be happy to uh, hear from female keepers at the moment. Um, in terms of Canberra-Croatia, you mentioned the goal difference. Four goals now is the difference between Canberra-Croatia. They have 23 goal difference and Canberra-Olympic 19. Mm-hmm. Um so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. I, uh, in terms of the, I think what's important is the clean sheet because I, I'm, I'm yeah. the reason why I'm saying this is because I was watching the interview last week that Russ did with Zoran Glavinich and he said he wasn't happy that they conceded a goal. So yeah. uh, he's a, you know, he's a tough coach to please sometimes, Zoran Glavinich, yeah. and uh, he wants to keep those clean sheets going. So um, I'm sure he'll be happy with the uh, clean sheets uh, there. I just wanted to read in terms of uh, Walker. I just wanted to read uh, an excerpt from uh, Jeremy's. Uh, part of the MPLW review on the Capital Football website. Uh, the team from the Riverina have faced arguably the two uh, best squads in the competition to start their season and will have a couple of weeks to learn from the heavy defeats. Despite the result, though, the performance of their captain, Bella, Bella Palmero, as well as left-back Marwa Suleiman uh, and goalkeeper Ebony Warner is to be commended. Sam Gray and his troops have some work to do, but these are good foundations to build on building uh, before traveling back to the capital after the Easter break. I just wanted to mention that there just in terms of um, performances that Jeremy, who's, who commentated the game specifically, were uh, impressed with in terms of that young squad that they have at Wagga. All right, Michael, let's get straight into our tips for next week. Tuggering United against Canberra Croatia, Friday, April 22nd. Uh, 7.45 prime time at Greenway in closed. Uh, we've mentioned how tough a draw this is for Tugger and United. Um, I'm expecting a Canberra Croatia victory, but expect um, expect to see those improvements and uh, glimpses from Tugger and United. Then they'll use all three of them to push forward to next season. Um, sorry, to next week, sorry. Yes. Um, sorry, after, you know, sorry, two weeks time, another week after that, because we've got Easter next week. So, yeah. I'm going to go with Croatia on this one. How about you, Michael? And Jeremy goes uh, is going with Croatia on this one also. Yeah, I'm going with Canberra Croatia as well. And 
I think it is important to note the difficult fixture list that Tuggeranong United have had to start this season with. But at the same time, it can be a bit of a blessing in disguise in terms of just getting those more difficult games out of the way and sort of picking up some valuable sort of experiences from those contests and using those in the games going forward where there'll be more presentable opportunities for them to actually take points. So it's going to be a great learning curve for Tuggeranong United, I feel, but I I think that Canberra Croatia will have too much. But it'll be very interesting to see what sort of effort Tuggeranong United are able to muster up on the back of that game against Olympic. Next up, we have West Canberra Wanderers against Wagga City Wanderers, the Battle of the Wanderers, Sunday, April 24th, 12.45pm at Melrose Synthetic. Uh, like we mentioned, I'm not sure what the uh, the keep situation will be by then, but um, hopefully they will have been able to find someone with the um, extra week off. Uh, but in saying that, though, West Canberra looked pretty good. I'm uh, going to go with them in this one, but I'm sure Wagga will... Uh, be uh, ready to go and well-rested for that one. How about you, Michael? And Jeremy also tips West Canberra here. Yeah, I'm going for West Canberra Wanderers as well at home. I think it'll give them a lot of confidence that they were able to get the three points last week and a clean sheet as well. And I expect them to produce a similar result in terms of keeping a clean sheet again and, yeah, getting the three points. Next up, Canberra Olympic, Belcon United. This should be an absolute cracker. I'm looking forward to this one. Sunday, mm-hmm. April 24th, 2.30 p.m. at O'Connor in close. Like we said, maybe before the start of the season, everyone would have said, people might have said this would have been easy to pick. I don't think this is. I'm going to go no. with the Canberra Olympic victory, but I think this is going to be so close. Clearly, uh, Scott Conler has got this team going, but I think... Olympic just have a little too much firepower at the moment. And Olympic have, you know, kept the clean sheet as well, while Belcon and have let in a goal each. But this is going to be so close. And I think Belco will use this to um, use this game, whether they win or lose, to build on uh, the uh, project, the new project that they've got going on there. But even if Belco do lose, no shame in losing to a team as stacked as Olympic. But this is going to be a close one. Uh, Jeremy also says Olympic for this one. How about you, Michael? Yeah, me too. I'm going for Canberra Olympic. I think that given that they've had a whole lot of changes over the off-season, they've managed to recruit so well with obviously, you know, Michaela Thornton being at the top of that list in terms of their recruitment. And they've looked really good to start the season and that's not to completely discredit Belconnor United because we know how good they are and how good of a team they've been in MPLW. But I think... In terms of how both teams have started the season, you're going to lean towards Olympic more and what they've been able to produce so far. But this will be a big test for them. This is a game where we're going to really see what they're made of. If, if you know, it, this is the sort of game where you answer those questions of if you're a title contender or not. I know it's so early in the, se- in the, in the season, but when you come up against a side like Belconnor United that are fighting for the title every season, that's... You know, they, that's what's at stake, essentially. And I think that they're yeah going to come away with the three points. Next up, Canberra United Academy versus Gungahlin United, Sunday, April 24th, 5.10 p.m. at Hawker Football Centre under the lights. Um, I believe this is one Jeremy will be commentating on in terms of MPL TV in uh, a fortnight's time. 
This is going to be another close one. Uh, both teams yet to register their first victory or points, Point. so they'll be both be raring to go at the bit. So this is why I think it'll be an interesting game. At the end of the day, I think Ngarland will have just a little too much firepower there. They've still got the Pennyfield, they've still got the DeMarcos. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they go, but I think this will be a close one. But I'm just choosing Ngarland here, but I wouldn't be surprised with either result because um, both teams will be raring to try and get that those first points on the board. How about you, Michael? I'm going to go for a draw in this one, Matt. I think, like you said, both teams are... Sorry? Change it up a bit. Yeah, just to change it up a bit. We were sort of just heading down the, the same road. We were all picking the same team. So you you got to throw a spanner in the works just to sort of, you know, possibly get get yourself that maybe point ahead in the tipping comp. So that's what I've decided to do. I do think that this game could play out as a draw, though. They, they might cancel each other out, I think. Canberra United Academy will progressively get better as the season goes on. Obviously, they showed a lot more against West Canberra than they did against Canberra, Canberra Croatia. And Gungahlin United are still looking to settle as well. So both teams are itching to sort of get their season kick-started, but I think it'll end in a draw. Now, moving on to CPL, round two review. We had Wagga City Wanderers pick up a 4-2 victory over Western Molongolo with Suleiman on the score sheet, Palingas with a double, and Ochang getting on the score sheet for the home team as well. Um, and for Western Molongolo, we had Graham and Graham both get on the score sheet. Not the same player, though. So that's a bit of a, a, bit of a confusing one. Both Grahams, though, getting on the score sheet for Western Molongolo. First season of the win, first win of the season. Sorry for Wagga in this instance, and putting four in the back of the net at home. You can't really ask much more for that. They they would have loved that Wagga City, and uh, they they did it the hard way though. You know, having to come from behind twice uh, to beat the Magpies from Western. You know, all, all three of uh, their scorers continued to be in fine form. Even uh, Polongas with a with a brace. That that's something that'll definitely please that team. You know. This, this is the sort of the result that they'll use to sort of add and build on their momentum heading into the Riverina Derby uh, next next round uh, in, a, in a fortnight's time. So, you know, overall, it was a very good win for Wagga. Shows that, you know, they have, they have it in them to sort of, you know, put a good performance together and get a convincing win uh, at home. Um, and, and in the instance that they were able to come back on more than one occasion to then end up putting themselves in front and getting the three points as well. It's obviously not a result Western would, you know, have been hoping for, uh, you know, but they had moments in, in the match as well. It, it wasn't just one way traffic. Like we did say that they did manage to get themselves ahead more than once in this match, but they just couldn't sustain that and carry that on to the final whistle. And, you know, I'm sure that they'll, they'll try and look at the positives and take that away moving forward. Maybe to keep it a little tighter at the back as well, uh, instead of leaving themselves a little bit exposed. But I think you, you can expect a bit of a bounce back in the Woden, Woden Park derby against their neighbours, White Eagles, in a, in a fortnight's time that you can be absolutely sure of that. But... 
you know, I, I think this is one of those games where there were positives to look at from both teams. Obviously, with Western Mwangalo, they they were able to get themselves in front on a couple of occasions in this match, but it was just, you know, it was just them not being able to hang on to a lead, which in any competition is absolutely vital if you want to collect points and move up the table. So uh, they will be disappointed, but it's no means the be-all or end-all. There's still a long way to go in this season. And for Wagga, it's a great result at home scoring four goals and a, a good performance to match as well that I'm sure they're, the coaching staff there are very happy about. Matt, what do you sort of make of this result before we move on? A good win for Wagga. Uh, and like they'll, they'll be disappointed they went down twice, but they did have the fight back in them. And they know that they aren't one of the favorites. So they're going to be, you know, that re- realistically they will be conceding uh, against some of the bigger teams this season, but they have that fight back and the pushback. That's what I think is important for that Wagga side. You mentioned it, it was not all doom and gloom for us, and they had their chances. They were in front twice. Um, don't forget they had a lot of changes this season yep. to the team, so you have that to factor in. So there's still a bit of a, bl- a bloody in period for them. So, But they'll look to those positives, I'm sure, and um, they always step up for the match against White Eagles, which we'll talk about soon. Next up, Brindabella against Canberra White Eagles. Ward with the goal for Brindabella. Zach Lawrence with the goal for White Eagles. From all accounts, it was pretty tight contest at Corwell. Uh, the usual main pitch over at Ipen Park was unavailable, so they played at uh, the Corwell Plainfield, just literally yep. right next to it, yep. um, across the road. Both sides had their chances to take the game, from what I uh, from what I was told. But overall, it seems like from both accounts, a draw was probably the fair result, considering all that. The Brindy's goal was a really worked, a really well worked team goal. They broke quickly on the counter, put a ball over the top into the midfield, pass on the Curtis Schaefer, and Schaefer made that quick break down the left side, let off a shot, rebound off the keeper, and it was put in by Ward. In terms of White Eagles, uh, goals, another well-worked piece of play. The keeper lobbed it up to the midfield. Then they made a break from the midfield. Um, Did a few one-twos between uh, between some of the players, pulled Brindis wide, crossed it back in, and then Zach Lawrence completed the, uh, the run putting the ball in the bottom left corner. So by all accounts, pretty uh, tight game. And it seems like the draw um, was a fair result there. Uh, Any thoughts on this one, Michael, before we move on? Yeah, share of the spoils in this one. Obviously, I don't think either side are going to be too discouraged with taking a point each. So early on in the season, it's not an absolute deal breaker that one of those teams came away with a loss. But it's good to hear that, you know, that there was some good football being played in this match, particularly from a White Eagles standpoint, where they were able to put together a really nice move in order to score their goal. So some positive signs. And I think Brindies are going to do well this season. Uh, They'll do better than what they did last season. And I'm keen to sort of see the progression that they make going forward. But moving on now to a very... Very big result. One that I certainly wasn't sure was going to happen, and I'm I, I, I'm sure I can speak for you as well, Matt, but Queanbeyan City, outstanding result, 3-0, a huge win for Queanbeyan City. You know, it, it, it's obviously still early days. We're only just sort of starting the season. And like we've sort of mentioned throughout the early parts of 
our shows, you know, st- teams are still sort of finding their feet and whatnot. So, I mean, you can sort of take it at what you will, but I mean, for Quimbian City, this was a big step up for them in terms of finally getting over that hurdle as, you know, ANU have always been such a hard and resilient team to play against. And it always seemed that against Queanbeyan City, they always managed to just pip them and just get themselves over the line to get the three points. And it, it was just a matter of us thinking and the league thinking, you know, and, and I'm sure Queanbeyan City the club and the supporters as well, when were they sort of going to get over that hurdle to really announce themselves in this competition? And they've managed to do it at such an early stage of the season with, you know, Ferrer, uh, Delahi and Mensa getting on the score sheet for Queanbeyan in this one. And, you know, we, we did talk about it last week. If, if they did get the win, you know, it would be at such a huge mental barrier that they've overcome and, it's absolutely fantastic that they've managed to manage to do that. And, you know, Michael Mensah once again played centre-back and, and scored uh, the opener by getting on the end of a cross from a free kick. Uh, Faraji uh, broke away and, and scored the second after a neat sort of dink over the keeper. Uh, we all know how sort of nice those finishes are. And... Abdullahi was on the score sheet once again after finishing off a nice Queanbeyan City counter-attack. So it's good to sort of see the variety in which Queanbeyan are scoring their goals, Matt, uh, which is definitely a positive sign for Goran Yosifovsky to take away from this encounter. And when you look at the flip side of this, you know, it's not the best day in the office for ANU. They came into this match, you know, off a big win 4-0 over Yulgali last week and you know, they just weren't able to replicate that performance, unfortunately, and perform to that standard that they had showed in round one. You know, from their point of view, it's a result like this could be what they need early on to sort of tweak a few things. And, you know, they're, again, they're another team that have gone through a little bit of change to the playing group. There's a new coach, so you're still adapting to a new style of play and a, and a new style of, you know, coaching essentially, uh, as a whole. So I'm sure they'll look to sort of tweak things going forward. I'm sure this is going to teach ANU a lot going forward. And we know that they're a team very capable of always being able to come back and produce in the next match. So by no means does this, does this have any, you know, massive, massive effect on ANU. We, we definitely know they'll be back stronger and better than ever. You know, the, but I think from a Queanbeyan standpoint, th- this win might highlight how competitive the top half of the table and the race for promotion will be this season because now that there's that incentive of being promoted into a higher league, these teams that are, you know, classed in the top half of the competition all have their eyes on that one prize now. And you can just expect the games, and it happened last season where the games are just so tight and tightly contested that, there's few and far between like you can't make mistakes all too often because, you know, even slightly one little ounce of a mistake, you know, could cost you promotion. So there's a lot at stake obviously with being promoted to MPL and, you know, that that's where I think we're going to get these sort of games like, like we have with Queanbeyan and, and it's going to happen throughout the whole season. It's going to be very sort of topsy turvy, a bit of a roller coaster, but there's just a lot at stake, and it makes 
for good, intense, fast football. Yeah, and I, I think this will... They'll also, like, teams like White Eagles and Tuggeranong and whatnot will... Uh, maybe not so much Tuggeranong because they weren't in the league last year, but in terms of White Eagles and the Brindies and whatnot, they, they might all look to this match and say, you know, mm-hmm. um, we can... Uh, it, yep. it is it is possible to beat ANU when O'Connor and ANU were near unbeatable last seasons. Okay, next up, Tuggeranong 4-0 over Ugali SC. Sam Walker with a goal in the 56th minute, Patrick Hislop, 58th minute, Harrison Bunnell, 70th minute, and Luke Stevens uh, gets his first goal in Tuggy's colours in the league. So, uh, very good way for Tuggerong to kick off their CPL campaign. Of course, last week they didn't play due to uh, an unavail- an unplayable pitch over at Woden Park. All the uh, goals came in the second half. It was another... 4-0 loss in terms of uh, Ugali, but um, regarding Tuggeranong, though, it's just, uh, you you couldn't really ask for a better start, could you, if you Mitch Stevens and your Tuggeranong. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of Ugali, they did look threatening, though, when they had the possession. We all know their quality. Um, unfortunately for them, they weren't able to uh, bury the chances that they had. They'll be hoping for better fortunes next week against um, Wagga in the Riverina Derby. Uh, sorry, ne- not next week, in Easter after it. Um you can imagine Ugali going to be raring to go though after four two after two four nil uh, defeats for their first match at home, and it's yep. against Wagga, who, if I'm not mistaken, did beat them in the last Riverina Derby at the end of last season. So they're yep. going to be raring to go, and I'm expecting a a resurgent uh, Ugali performance. Not that they didn't have their moments in this game, but unfortunately for them, they weren't able to bury it. Um, Michael, uh, let's. Do you want to get straight into the picks for next week? Uh, we've got what I called the uh, the uh, the Woden Park Derby, Canberra White yeah. Eagles against Western Malongolo, Saturday, April twenty third, three pm at Woden Park, enclosed. Uh, we've met. I, I'm going to go for White Eagles victory here, but Western always step up for this match, and like we mentioned, probably it's going to take a little longer for Western to get there. Uh, get clicking, but we do know that they are able to take the lead um, and get some goals um, when they're the away side. So let's wait and see how this one turns out. I don't think it'll be a, I think it'll be a close match. I don't think it'll be a very by any stretch of the imagination. How about you, Michael? Yeah, I think it'll be a close game as well. This is a game that I'm actually going to go and watch in a fortnight's time. So I'm keen to go back to Woden Park, grab an Eagle burger and enjoy some football. So and I think I'm going to do that with an Eagles victory in this one. I just see them having a little bit too much for Western, but it will be close. Next up, we have Queanbeyan and Tuggerong. This should be a very, very interesting one here. Saturday, April 23rd, 3 p.m. at High Street. Third match in a row at home, I believe, for Queanbeyan. Uh, Tuggerong United, we mentioned, coming off a very good win. Queanbeyan also coming off a very good win. I think these are two sides that will be pushing for that top spot and promotion still early days. So this result might not be the end or be all, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes. It's a tough one. It's a very tough one. Tuggerong have looked good in the cup as well. I know they haven't played a league game besides last week. Queanbeyan city, very, very good. I'm going to go with the Queanbeyan city victory based on last week's uh, result. I think that momentum will go very high for them, but it's going to, the margin is going to be that thin. This one might be, the result of this one might just go down to what errors are made. Uh, so I'm going to say a Queanbeyan victory here, but this one could really swing anyway. How about you, Michael? 
I'm going to go for a draw. I think you've got to pay sort of attention to the fact that Tigranong are the team that have, you know, had that MPL experience. And even though they've been relegated to this division, they're still a team that have plenty of experience and bodies in there that have played at the, at the top level. And I know that this is a great sort of result for Queanbeyan City to come into, obviously beating a, a great team like ANU. But at the end of the day, this is, they're now coming up against former MPL opposition. So we'll get to really see what they're made of at that capacity. And I think it'll just be, you know, few and far between between these two teams. I don't think a whole lot will separate them, but, you know, I could easily be wrong. You just never know with football. So I'm going to go for a style, mate. And I'll bring it up soon, but we are sometimes wrong in these uh, in these tips, all for good fun. ANU against Brindabella Blues, Saturday, April 23rd, 3.15 p.m. at ANU South Oval or the Willows. Um, this is actually tougher than I thought. Uh, after ANU's loss last week, we all know the Brindies are improving. Considering ANU's loss, I think ANU will just tip this one, but this is going to be very tight. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw either or the Brindies can uh, sneak one here. We all know there how much they've improved. Uh, ANU, though, I think they'll just be that point to prove after not just losing, but losing 3-0 um, last week. Uh, when they were considered the favourites heading into that matchup. So I think they'll have a point to prove. It's going to be a very close one, but I'm going to say ANU. How about you, Michael? I'm going to go for ANU as well. I just expect them to have that retaliation following the loss to Queen City. And, you know, they're a side that have always come back stronger after a minor setback. So I expect them to do that against Brindies. But like you said, Brindies are, you know, they're, they're showing a lot of, potential in the matches that they've had so far and I, I like what they're doing over there so I mean I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to even snatch a point in this one but it'll all just depend on how ANU and how fired up they are after that Queanbeyan loss Next up we've got Ugali SC against Wagga City Wanderers the Riverina Derby Sunday April 24th 1.30pm at Solomad Stadium Ugali's long way to return to their home ground uh, at Solomad Stadium it's going to be an inter- interesting uh, matchup. I think it'll be quite close. I think Ugali, like we mentioned with ANU, they'll have a point to prove after losing two matches um, there. And they're usually very, very strong at home. I think this will be closer than what people think, but I am going to go for a Ugali victory here. Uh, but Wagga, let's not forget, did beat Ugali last time they played. So it's going to be an interesting matchup, which I believe you can still see these matches in terms of Ugali home matches, uh, live on their Facebook page. Um, What are you going to say for this one, Michael? I'm going to go on the other side. I'm going to go for a Wagga City Wanderers win, you know, to back off their win against Bilgali the last time that they played. I think it'll be, you know, like any derby, fierce and competitive, but I'm going to go for a Wagga City Wanderers win. And that's us for CPL finished this week michael it's been a very good show had russ on for mpl one had a lot to discuss uh had some probably made a fool of ourselves doing predictions but that's part of the uh, the fun of it isn't it especially for mpl one where it's even more difficult uh than ever and yeah it's been a hell of a show what did you uh take away from it and just before i forget no show next week because it's easter so we'll see you in a fortnight's time but michael uh, any last words no, I think we're going to have a little break now, obviously, with the with Easter around the corner, which will be good in terms of, you know, just having a bit of time to reset. 
and relax and come back refreshed in a, in a fortnight's time when, you know, there's going to be a whole lot of football being played. And I think that there are so many good games on for MPL in round three when, when Easter is done and we return to football in a fortnight's time. And like we did in the predictions, you know, it was just all, the, all four games were absolute quality. Like they're going to be absolute quality, hard to pick. And it was reflected when we were trying to choose a winner, you know, because it really shows the quality of round three for for MPL. But, you know, there, there's still some very good games going on across MPLW and CPL as well. There certainly is. It should be a cracking fortnight once that happens in a fortnight's time. We're looking forward to it. That was episode 48 of the Canberra Football Show, our round to review. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you.